This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Well, we are here. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. Joined here tonight with my co-host Kevin Eschenfelder. Where are we at tonight, Kevin? We're at Pluckers. You got the Where's Pluckers Wing Bar, fourteen hundred Shepherd, right here in Houston. It's great to have. And look at all these Astros fans. Yeah, you look at them. All right. I, I don't just, know if that translates on radio, but I had to throw it out there. I appreciate the setup. Good show coming up tonight. In fact, this is the final show in Houston this year, and that's a good thing. That means the season is right around the corner. Next week, or March first, we'll be coming to you. From West Palm, so it's getting done for real. And speaking of for real, we got a for real guest here tonight. Jim Crane, <laughs> the owner of the Houston Astros, joins us tonight. You never been on Astro Line before, now you got. You got I, I have before. Okay, yeah, well, my I've, bad I've done on it that. A couple times, not in a while, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Are you, are you nervous having the TV people doing the radio with you? Uh, I think we'll make it. I think you'll do all right. Yeah, I appreciate the, de- the decision you made five years ago, almost to the day. To agree to sign myself to at least a contract. Kevin's been here for decades now, but uh, it was my opportunity to get in the booth. And uh, Astro Line's going to be presented by Carbach Brewing Company, the official off-season hot stove radio show for the Houston Astros. And we do have Jim Crane here, and we're going to get things started with uh, uh, some some happy talk. 2017 was a beautiful season for the Houston Astros. Uh, if we can go all the way back to the beginning of the season, did you anticipate 2017 being the season of the Houston Astros? Well, you know, we've worked hard since we've taken over the franchise six years ago to get in a position. We knew we had a good team. Um, It got better as things went along. And, uh, you know, we played well in the playoffs. You know, you never know if you can win it. But uh, the guys are tough and uh, beat some really good teams. As you know, Boston, New York, and L.A., I don't think there's a tougher path to win. So they deserved it and uh, played good, played as a team. And, uh you know, it was a lot of fun for the city and the fans. I mean, we've never won before, so it's great. What was this offseason like for you? I mean, I know you expected it to be big, but as big as it has been as far as the city's reaction to this yeah. team? Well, just all the way back to the parade was crazy. I mean, we never expected that many people to show up. But, you know, the town got really engaged. Everyone, you know, people that didn't watch a lot of baseball watched that series or those series. And, uh you know, it was, a, it was a great impact for the city. It was great for the city. It was a tough time for the city with the Houston Strong patch on there. The guys, uh, you know, were, were pretty distressed when they were out of town and uh, came back and, and pitched in and kind of united everybody. So it was a fun run. I mean, I don't think you could ever duplicate that, everything kind of pulling together like that. You talked about going through Boston, New York, and L.A. Being uh, being the owner of a Houston, the Houston Astros, tell me a little bit, what does it mean to you as an owner being able to go to these owners' meetings and having them understand that you just beat the pants off three of the biggest markets in all the country? Well, the owners are very cordial. I mean, everyone congratulates you. They, they um, you know, they're, they're happy for you. Um, but I think some of the little guys were pretty happy we beat, beat those teams. You I'm know? sure there were a lot of people real happy you beat up on Boston, New York, and L.A. 
when you think back about it, it it's been a it's been a long road. And it hasn't always been a smooth road. We all know that all too well, and you know it better than we do, probably. But uh, at, at what point was there ever was there ever a time that you had doubt that that it was going to get to where it was? And I'm not talking about winning a World Series. I'm just talking about becoming a successful franchise. Was there ever a doubt in your mind? Well, and you look back on it. I mean, we we had a bad team when we got in. It was already losing a hundred games, and you know, really the players we had on the payroll, you know, weren't performing all that great. So, you know, cutting the payroll and and um, you know, really focusing on the minor league system, which we still have a great system you can draw from. I, I think you've seen that with some of the trades we've been able to do. But, you know, we stuck with the plan. I mean, it's a couple years in, you know, I've had people like in these kind of places come up to me and say, hey, you know what the heck you're doing? I said, I think so. So <laughs> I had a few guys walk in my office, too. So uh, some big names and saying, hey, you know, this may not be working. But, you know, then you saw the, you know, you saw, uh, you know, a quick pop when we, we got in the playoffs a couple of years ago and almost beat Kansas City and they end up winning everything. You know, you were pretty close. So I think Jeff's done a great job of assembling the team, assembling the depth on the team and giving us flexibility to add guys when we need to add guys like we did last year with a free agent and another couple, two, three pitchers this year. Um, so he's done a great job of managing the ball club and, and putting the personnel in the right spots and, and putting a winning team together. We're visiting with Astros owner Jim Crane here on Astros Line, presented by Carbot. The question I have for you is there's a lot of owners that don't know the sport that they own. There's a lot of... You know, baseball people that don't know business. You're a businessman that knows baseball. How hard was it, giving, given that introduction, how hard was it for you to stay patient knowing that you knew a little bit about what those guys were doing? Well, you know, um, I, I, I've always threatened to throw batting practice. I did pitch in college for four <laughs> years, so uh, probably nobody get in a box. But, um, yeah, I, I knew what it's like, you know, to throw nine innings and what you feel like after throwing nine innings, you know, and, and so I, I can't correlate. I don't really get too involved in the locker room. I say hi to the guys. I, they got a problem. We try to help them with stuff. But um, we we felt all along that we, the plan would work. I mean, you know, once you start building that depth into the farm system, some of those guys are going to pop out, and, you know, it just took a little while. And so uh, it's it's worked. You know, Jeff's plan has worked to the T, and, I gave him a lot of credit in the guys he's got. And, and when we came in, we had no analytics. I mean, nothing. We were still sending in manual scouting reports. Now we have a ton of analytics, which allows you to make good decisions when you're selecting a player or you're trying to draft somebody. The better information you have, um, the better decision you can make. And you see that culminate over a period of time. You're not going to get them all right, but if you get more right than you get wrong, bingo, here, here, here they come. And analytics goes back to business, too. I mean, the numbers, at some point, the numbers are going to bear out because that's what the averages say yeah, positive it, things are going to happen. No, you just got to, you know, be patient, play the percentages. But when you're running a business, you're always looking at the numbers. You're always looking at the service, you know, whatever the business is, how it's performing, where the detail is. And, you know, we just did that. You know, you see that on the baseball side. But, we, you know, hopefully people have been able to see it in the ballpark, the way we do things and the way we've uh, improved the ballpark throughout the last few years. So it's a good, it's a fun place to go, and you want to, you know, the fans. I keep remind, reminding the players that the fans pay the bills. You know, they're, they're the ones writing the checks. So we got to be give, give them a good product. No, and I, I think fans need to understand too. They, I, for me, being having been a player now, being on the broadcasting side, and actually being involved and around a lot more of the front office, a little more consistently, it's been a joy for me to actually see how some of these working parts work. But I also think that we're spoiled in the sense that I think the Astros are a little bit different 
not only in the analytic sense, but also in the, the communication sense, because I really feel there was a lot of emphasis on the choice of putting A.J. Hinch as the manager. There was a lot of emphasis on your choice and putting Jeff Luno in the position he is to be able to make those moves. But there's also, with your baseball background, there's also that that uh, that communication between you and Jeff Luno, you and A.J. Hinch. I feel like it's a, it's a legitimate team effort in that front office. Um, can you tell, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because after the month of August, or at the end of the month of August, it was a team effort to get Justin Verlander into an Astros uniform, wasn't it? Well, we all worked on a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, we, we thought we had him done in uh, July, but we, we couldn't get the players right. And then Jeff finally got the players right, and then we agreed on the money. But we got him right under the wire. So it, it was a tough decision for him because he thought Houston was destroyed, and he didn't know if he wanted to move here and <laughs> no trade. But um, And it was in bad shape. But, but uh, you know, A.J. works really well with Jeff. He supports the numbers. But, you know, A.J., once the game starts, he studies the information, and, you know, he runs the, runs the game. And so, you know, on Reed's side, on the business side, everybody kind of stays in their lane. My job is just to make sure they all get along and they're all communicating each other and everybody uh, knows what they need to do. Is delegation as big a part of running a business as, as anything? Well, if you got good people, you've got a good business nine out of ten well, times. Well, you got to delegate <laughs> to the right people. That's like, well, that you know, nice. you don't get them all right. I mean, you know. You're making it look, look pretty good. Well, early on, you know, the, the most successful businesses have great managers and great people, and, you know, they work as a team. And so it's not much difference in, in running this, you know, pluckers. I mean, you got to have good people taking care of the customers. So. You know, it all correlates, but, but it really helps if everybody's you know, respects each other and they get along with each other and they work well together. If you got a problem, I always say, hey, if you guys got a problem, come in, we'll talk about it. And you may not like the answer, but we'll make a decision and go with it. What was the, I know you've been asked this. What was going through your mind, though, whenever you're up on that podium at Dodger Stadium? Uh, I, I know no one, no one exhaled until the third out was made. I, I'm a native Houstonian, so I know, I, I, I know better than to exhale until the third out is made. <laughs> At, at, it, was there? Was it? Were you in shock? Was it? Was it something you could take? It was, could, it was could, a little surreal. I mean, you know, you're just trying to take it all in, and it had been such a, you know, it was 18 games. So it was traveling here and traveling there, and every game was tight and long and tough. And and uh, we we went in on Thursday night. We had a reservation to celebrate, so we didn't get to use it. But we we went there anyway and just kind of relaxed for a little while, and everybody talked, and um, you know, the guys went back to work, but. Being out on the field there, you just you're just trying to collect yourself to get through it, and then afterwards you could really kind of feel you know how it was, and you know we had a we had a great uh, celebration afterwards at the same spot, and it was it was a lot of fun to uh, get it get it out of the way. Visiting with uh, Astros owner Jim Crane here on Astros Live, presented by Carbock. Was there a did that really happen moment for you? I woke up the next morning and I wasn't even in L.A. I woke up the next morning. It was almost that, you know, that we have to take that second to make sure it wasn't a dream. No, it, it, it was. It was real we stayed you. up, you know, almost. <laughs> well, you didn't wake up all, the next all, morning. All yeah, you, we were up, all, all you night. know, enjoying it all night, talking about it. But um, no, it was it was fun. But um, yeah, it was a little surreal, and we we um, you know kind of had to pinch yourself because you know listen, the, the city was into it, the, the fans were into it, and uh, just happy we got it done. I mean, it's great, great great move for everybody and uh, the, the feedback from the fans in the city were unbelievable and I really, really want to was. thank them I, I just you know can't say enough of how great the people are you know the city of Houston needed that obviously with Harvey and everything like that but I really felt that there was a connection between team and city 
and to actually see that when you guys got back home in the parade had to be incredible. Yeah, I think I think the guys could feel it too. You know, and, and when we're playing at, you know, we won most. I think we only lost one game at home, so it does make a difference. It, you know, I remember playing in New York; the crowd was tough, and that does have an impact on you. And so they they play really well at home with the support of the fans. Yeah, it was support in New York for your Yankee fans is one way of putting it. I've heard different stories about uh, how the fans treated those fans, uh, Astro fans out there in New York. But you are listening to Astro Live presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Check them out at carbachbrewing.com. And we'll be back with our guest, the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, right after this on Houston Astros Radio Network. We believe in this team. We feel like we've made it better. It's hard to make a team that, like last season, is better. But you know, the front office did a really good job of addressing some holes, and we lost a couple guys, so no team is ever going to be the same. These guys come in really good shape, and readiness has is, is gotten better and better as the years have gone by. So I think they're going to be itching to get on the field. Obviously, we have game in about 10 days, and we'll ramp our guys up. It's a little bit more position player-wise. We'll be a little careful with the guys that play every day. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to prepare. We have to be ready when the season starts. And we are back at Pluckers, and everybody's trying to get better. I know that uh, Ash and I are going to try and get better. We know there's going to be a lot more exposure on this team, but it's going to be a lot more fun for us to follow these guys. And you can help us get better, too, because we've got our social media wizard, Sarah Kincart, watching on Facebook Live for your questions. You can also hashtag AstroLine if you want to give us any feedback, give us some questions for Jim Crane, myself, or Kevin Eschenfelder. Um, but... It's a new season. We heard A.J. talking about it. You guys did get better. You went out there and, uh, and acquired Garrett Cole. Uh, there may be some other holes internally that you guys have been talking about. We've heard about left-handed pitching out of the bullpen. Um, what is Derek Fisher going to do out there in left field? But let's talk a little bit about the acquisition of Garrett Cole. For me, I thought it was interesting. A week before Garrett Cole showed up, you had mentioned that you guys are in the market and you're looking and possibly might pick up that key starter, and it turned out to be Garrett Cole. Tell us a little bit about what you know about Garrett Cole and the acquisition of him. Well, I, I think, you know, certainly Derek was a, a first-round draft pick and um, good pitcher. You know, it's fell off a little bit the last couple of years. Hopefully our guys will be able to get him in there and make a few adjustments. But he he's very well could be the ace of the staff. He's that good. So um, I think he'll rise to the, the occasion and, and the talent that's around him. I think, you know, when Justin came in, uh, Verlander came in, he kind of set the tone. And, uh, you know, I know Justin was down there early. He got down there about the 8th, and uh, he was in the gym, and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of other guys started showing up early. So, um, you know, they, they uh, I think they'll push each other, and we're excited to have him. I think he'll be a big plus for us. It's one thing to adding. There's another thing to what you subtracted. And, and you, you, you bring in, you acquire Justin Verlander, and you acquire Garrett Cole, and if you look at the top of the people that are supposed to know, Kyle Tucker's still here, you know. Forrest Whitley's still here. The pearls of your minor league system are still, you didn't have to give them up to get two of the premier pitchers in baseball. Well, I think that's what Jeff, you know, has done this before. I mean, he, when you have that kind of depth in the system, and when you look at Colin Moran, you know, I think it's going to be a great player, and he was one of the keys in that trade, and will probably start at third base for Pittsburgh, but... He, he probably wasn't going to make our lineup for a few years because you got Yearly there and you got uh, Bregman on third. So it gives you a, a bullet to shoot and, and really uh, make a good deal. And I, I think they got, you know, a couple other good players. And, you know, um, uh, Musgrove was, was a good pitcher for us. But, you know, uh, you hate to give up talent. But to get some good talent, you got to do, do, do those types of trades. And that's where really the depth comes in. When you've got the depth in the system, got depth in the starting pitching you can do a lot of that i got a question for you jeff blum because 
I know. I, I visited with Art Howe about that. He grew up through the, the. He grew up in Pittsburgh, and he went through the Pirates minor league system. He got to the big leagues. He knew he wasn't going to play on a veteran team. I thought, man, weren't you disappointed when you got traded to Houston? He goes, man, I wanted to play. Joe Musgrove. He was very classy when he left, Jim, and, and uh, you know, writing a letter to the fans. From a player's perspective, you do want to win, but it, but you but you want to play. And, and these are guys that are going to get an opportunity. You talked about Kyle Moran. They weren't going to get a chance, really, let's face it, barring a, an injury. They weren't going to play here. Yeah, I, I mean, I could be speculating, but I think the way Alex Bregman went out there and performed may have pushed Colin Moran into that trade situation because he has proven to be a roadblock at third base. He's played so well at third base. So Colin Moran didn't become expendable, but he became available, and I think they made the option and made him available. He's a big league talent. I agree with Jim. Uh, he turned his swing around. He's, he's obviously shown that he is able to deal with adversity taking a ball off the face and still getting back in the, the batter's box was impressive to me. But Joe Musgrove, I think, is a guy who really laid down a foundation for what could be a very good baseball career. He was started out as a starting pitcher, did extremely well, hit some bumps, but he got sent to the bullpen, didn't take it as a knock. He took it as, as an opportunity and proved that he could go out there and pitch and be effective. So I think he's got a real opportunity to go over to Pittsburgh and work right into that roster. And for those guys who do get traded away from winning teams, it's nice going somewhere where you know you're going to be on a big league roster on opening day and pitch. Yeah, I think, that, you know, you're right. The guys want to play, and, um, you know, it's hard to get up there, and it's hard to stay up there. And so they'll have a shot. And, you know, yeah. we, we think, um, you know, we think we're going to be in good shape with Cole. We, we really like him. You talk about you, you trust the process and you trust Jeff Luno. To, how does a trade from your perspective, and we don't have to mention names, but how does it, I know they're all different. How does a big trade go down from your perspective? How, when does it get to you? Um, well, it gets to me for final approval. I'm, I mean, basically the guys are prepping me in advance. They'll usually do a write-up and say, here's all the reasons why we should do this. Here's the upside. Here's the downside. And usually when they give you a small briefing, um, it's hard to argue. Is this a face-to-face? Is this uh, sometimes Jeff, they're Jeff face-to-face. The it, sometimes they're texts. Sometimes they're emails. It just depends where everybody is. But, you know, we communicate, you know, on, the, on those things a lot. And, um, you know, quite frankly, since he's been here, I've never overruled him on one. So he's because the data is, you know, good. His, his decision-making ability with all the input from the rest of his staff is there. And, and it's hard to argue that, he's, that, that you shouldn't do it. And so we, we support him a lot, and um, you know he's made good trades. You can't you can't knock him. He's, he's he's got a pretty good batting average. Yeah, he's done an incredible job. He does do his homework when he does present these trades. So when he talks to you, he knows he has to come with the, the right information. This season is going to be a little bit different. You won the first championship for the Houston Astros. Now it is defending the title. Have you had any conversations internally on how you're going to approach or how you're going to how how AJ is going to approach? trying to get the psyche of this team to go out there and try and defend a World Series title. Well, you, you know, you kind of saw, you know, uh, Chicago last year was, came out of the gate a little slow. We, I, I think he's going to work hard to make sure that doesn't happen. And I, I think we're in a little different situation. I mean, our guys have been down there already training for two or three weeks before camp opened. So I, I think they're still hungry. I get the sense, you know, in talking to them that they want to do it again. It's hard to do it again, but I think their mindset is, okay, that's over. Here we go again. we got a good team. Let's play. Absolutely. And with all the analytics and the team that you have put together, one thing I appreciate having been around this team a lot over the last couple of years is even as an ex-player, I go in there, I can have conversations with these guys. But to your point about being able to have the right mentality to go out there and repeat, you guys have done an unbelievable job for me, not only putting 
very talented people on the field, but putting very high character and motivated guys in that clubhouse. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, I was, I was a funny story. I was standing on the, uh, at the podium when the mayor was giving the award at the, at the parade. And Marwin was standing there, and I, I said, Marwin, what happened to you this year? You hit 300. He said, <laughs> man, he said, Altuve said, you got to get better, man. you got to get better. And so they all push each other. You know, they, they really work on, uh, you know, the competition internally, but they like each other too. So they get along, but they're always pushing each other, and I think that's what makes a difference. Uh, I, I've had a coach tell me this before. Not, not This is in a different sport, but when your best player is your hardest worker, <laughs> yeah. life becomes a lot easier because <laughs> – Everybody else tends to fall in line. That goes back to, though, and I think about what Jeff did in the first movie he ever made. We all know this all too well. was a Rule 5 pickup with, with Marwin and came in here. And a guy that was a 4A, never really expected to be anything more than a 4A type player, comes in and, and uh, becomes one of the best players on the team. Well, you know, if you don't, who knows where, where the World Series goes? It's the little things. Who knows where the World Series goes if he doesn't hit the home run in game two? I mean, it, um, it goes on and on. And if he doesn't make the throw against the Yankees in, what was it, game two uh, in the NL, NLCS, oh goodness, yeah. I mean, yeah, he good. was playing left field. I mean, that's, a, that's a great point. It's the what, little thing. What uh, Was there a particular moment? What moment do you look at in that playoff run that really stood out for you? And you can go ahead and pick two or three if you want because there oh, were there plenty was. to go through there. But at yeah. what, was there a moment where you sat there? And said, oh, my gosh, these well, guys are going to pull I us knew, off. I knew the guys weren't, you know, when we first went into Boston and uh, Bregman hit that home run to tie up the game, uh, he came running. I was I actually had some good seats. I told I was right next to AJ. I, I hope you had good seats. But, no, but, 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 Boston's but, unique because the seats that the no, owner no, no. is right next to the no, manager. No, I told AJ, if he gets kicked out of the game, I'm going to manage, you know, because I was right there. But. He came running into that dugout, and he was just screaming, let's beat these guys, let's, we got them, you know. And, you know, that's kind of a, something I never forgot. But they just never gave up. I mean, they get down, and a lot of great a lot of great plays and um, a lot of big hits. You know, when you look through it, though, everyone contributed. So it takes, it takes everybody's hit here or hit there or uh, have a good outing and, uh, and keep them in check. But they play as a team, so that's what, that's what wins championships. Timeliness. I mean, it, Cleveland was the best team going into the playoffs last year. If you look at the records, and you are what your record says you are, but you have to be hot at the right time. It just shows you how difficult it is to do what you guys did. The, well, we were really, you know, we were really afraid of Cleveland because they beat us up pretty yeah, good during yeah, the season. Did. And you know, on paper, they had the best team. But you got to get hot, and you got to have confidence. And they didn't play well at the right time. So we we did, and you know, we're happy we did. And, we got a championship. When you took over this team in 2011, did you anticipate not only competing but winning a World Series as quickly as you did? Well, listen, it, it seemed like a hundred years. It, it was. Oh, I tell you what, I, I was with you in 13, 14. Those, those were. Those I was here. I was, I was here in 12. And those, in dog uh, years, uh, you were wearing it. Yeah, that was a long yeah, was, couple seasons. Yeah, that was that was tough. But but we knew it would turn. And then you know we got like I said before, we got in 15. We made the playoffs and really should have beat Kansas City. And that just yep. tells you how hard it is to win. And then they just ran the tables on everybody. So we knew we had the depth coming. We knew we had a good young team and. We could put it together eventually. You never know for sure you're going to win, but you know you got to get in a position. We got to play hard, get in the playoffs, and then get hot. How difficult was it when you, when everybody took criticism? You took criticism. Uh, everybody in the in the organization took criticism when you were losing during those years and having to basically burn it down to the foundation to build it back up. To not uh, 
get a, get over your skis as far as as far as you know bring in this uh, a band-aid here for a gunshot wound if you know pardon the pun but the, you see what i'm saying to yeah no it, throwing it, bad money at players to just yeah, fix things I mean, and make it, it look good we, we realize that you know to to get it fixed long term and stay competitive the farm system had to be stable, and, and we have to have to draw from that because we can't necessarily run a payroll like New York or L.A. because they've got a lot more revenue. You know, we can get close, but, you know, making smart decisions and not rushing it, I think you can see really paid off. But it was harder to do at that point. Was it oh, harder it was, to do yeah, at that point? Tough. I, I mean, you people, don't want to lose. I, I had people come up to me and ask me if I was crazy. I don't know what I'm doing in the restaurants and stuff. I, I had to hide for a little while. <laughs> That's all changed. <laughs> Uh, you are listening to Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Check them out at carbachbrewing.com. And don't forget to hit up Sarah Kincart. She is handling all of our social medias tonight. We're on Facebook Live. You can also, if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag AstroLine. We will be right back with our guest, owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, right after this on Houston Astros Radio Network. I think we're the team to beat, uh, but I don't really care whose opinion, uh, especially people that don't play. You know, it's, uh, everything happens between the lines. I, I think the American League goes through us. Obviously, uh, you know, the old saying, uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, and uh, you know, I think we proved we were last year. This is a new year, uh, you know, bottom line. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think everybody in this locker room thinks that, uh, thinks that we have a championship-caliber team here. And, you know, we're not resting on any laurels. I think everybody's excited to get, to get back to work and uh, excited for a good 2018 we are back, and you're listening to Astro Line here at Pluckers in Houston. Got plenty of fans in the house. I am joined with, joined by Kevin Eschenfelder and the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, and that was Justin Verlander responding to uh, some of the, some of the prognosticators out there saying that the New York Yankees, again those vaunted New York Yankees, getting back into uh, relevance by adding Giancarlo Stanton to their roster. But last time I checked, uh, you get some of those guys that hit a lot of home runs. They have a tendency to strike out quite a bit. The Astros actually, as in leading, yes, the Astros led in most offensive categories and were the best offensive team in all of baseball last year while cutting down on their strikeouts. That was something that the Astros worked on last offseason. But they went out, made the adjustment, got Justin Verlander, who likes to rack up plenty of strikeouts. So I think the rotation is set up to compete against these teams, even with the additions they've made to really compete, not only in the West, but to, again, compete for that World Series title. Uh, Justin's got to be a fun guy to be around. Have you had a chance to hang out with him much since uh, acquiring him last August? Yeah, I, I was just out on the West Coast with him, played in the uh, AT&T with him. He played, he's a good golfer. Nice. Too. Uh, good pitcher and a good golfer. He made the cut, and he's, I think he finished third. So He's been pretty he, good with a lot of things. He, 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 can, he can really play. Uh, and... You know, he's he's a confident guy, and he backs it up with, with hard work. I mean, he, he was even working out out there when we when we were out there. So um, he showed up early at spring training, and, you know, the other guys start showing up early, and, and he sets the tone. Um, I always said good pitching hits good hitting and beats good hitting. So um, Spoken like I, a true I, pitcher. Yeah, and I think so Justin kind of feels the same way, and he, he, he pitched well against the Yankees. I mean, he shut them down that one game. So, um, you know, I think he said it right. I mean, the team's confident. They don't take anything for granted, and they're all going to work hard, and they're already already down there getting after it. What what are the conversations like between Jim Crane and Justin Verlander on the golf course? Is, is there any that we can talk about? Uh, yeah, it's you know you got a lot of time in that tournament because it takes a long time to play, but so you got a lot of you got a, you know he's, he was there with his buddy and his caddy, so you just kind of chatted up. You talk about all kinds of different stuff from from finances to cars to 
whatever. And, um, you know, Justin, uh, Justin's a good, fun guy to be around. I mean, he's very engaging. He's great with the fans. I mean, I don't know how many autographs he signed. At that, that. A, a zillion of them. And uh, it's good with the fans. So he's, he's a great guy to be around. you have a favorite hole at Pebble Beach? They're all good. It's a pretty walk. I mean, I like number eight where you got to hit it over that cliff. Wait, the hit. blind tee shot? Yeah, well, you hit the blind tee shot, then you got to carry I it. I know about, of what I speak. Uh, about, about <laughs> I've a, never played about there. About 180 yards over the water, so it's a pretty cool hole. Do you have a tendency to play golf with the guys on the team throughout the course of the season or spring training? Well, I, I always try to look to see what uh, if there's golf clubs going on the plane where they're going. So, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've played with a bunch of guys that play. You know, we don't have a ton of guys that play, but you know, probably five, six, seven, eight, and uh, you know, they will take their clubs. And when they're in a particular city, you know, I might meet up with them if I'm going on the road, and and we'll we'll arrange a tee time at a pretty good golf course somewhere. That's fun. Well, we want you to join us on social media as we visit with. Uh, Jim Crane, the owner of the Houston Astros here on Astro Line from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, right here in the heart of Houston. We invite you to stop by anytime. Last time we'll have this show in Houston, I'll head to West Palm after that, but you can join us uh, online as well through social media. You can tweet us at hashtag Astro Line or on our Facebook page. I have a question. We're talking, getting away from baseball just a little bit, so I thought I would throw this in. A uh, question that came in. Uh, I heard that uh, you would offer transportation services to players and their families after the devastating hurricane in Puerto Rico. Is that something uh, uh, I know yeah. near and dear to your heart? And I know Carlos Beltran was a big part of that as well. Well, they, there was two two issues. One, there was they couldn't get cargo in there, and we, you know, I've been in the cargo business for a long time, so we were able to fly actually three cargo planes in there and get it into the middle of the country where it was wasn't able to get through the port, and so get it in there quick, and then. We also chartered a passenger plane to get some of the families out, some of the, the some of the players' families um, that were sick or needed some help, and able to fly those guys right back into Houston. So it was fun to help. I mean, the the foundation raised a ton of money. Uh, we're very proud of the foundation. It, it's it's got uh, a lot of resources now, and so when things happen like that, you can really help. We talked about. All the, you know, we talk about Correa, we talk about Altuve, we talk about Bregman. How important did you feel as though the additions that were made of a guy like Carlos Beltran and a guy like Brian McCann, the, the veteran leadership to come in? And, and while these are young guys that, that don't act like young guys on this team, they're still young guys. But you had guys that, that, that could show the, show the younger players how it is done. How important well, do you think that was? Carlos is a great guy, and he communicates well. And, you know, he just shared all of his experience. When he wasn't playing... He was still talking to these guys. If you look in the dugout, he'd sit somebody down and say, well, you think about this, you think about that, and always, always really thinking. And I think, you know, he'll make a good coach at some point because he was, he was like having an extra coach in our, in our locker room. And, uh, you know, and he contributed too. You know, and he leads by example. He's, he's a great guy. And uh, McCann, same thing. I mean, he really knew how to handle the pitchers. He, he handled them well, kept them confident. Kept him settled down when he need to. He's just a he, and he's a good guy. I mean, he gets along with everybody, and uh, he's a great presence too. Pitchers and catchers have shown up. They've had a couple of workouts already. The full squad's going to be down there soon. You have not been to spring training just yet. You're looking forward to going down there. There's something that you do uh, with the guys to kind of kick off spring training. Tell us a little bit about uh, well, what's turning into a little bit of a tra tradition for you. Yeah, well, when the guys show up on. Monday. Not that I need to give them any inspirational talks, but I'll go in and visit with them, you know, in, in the group. You know, AJ will talk, Jeff will talk. I'll talk a little bit, read, and just, you know, um, kind of air some things out and 
probably go over how great last year is and maybe do it again. But and then we have a big dinner um, at our resort down there, the Floridian, and, you know, all the guys come, and uh, we have a nice dinner and uh, have a beer, and then they go back to work. I like it. I think this question, does this question come from, from right here at Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd? All right, uh, is spring training, <laughs> I want to I want to get invited back free dinner on top of that is spring training going to determine who the fifth starter is or is the rotation already set and also dr peskoff's and his staff say hello so i wanted to throw that into you. I, and that may be as much for all of us to just discuss because i think one of the boring things about this spring training is going to be there's just there's not a, i don't think anthony ghost i mean a, a guy the rule five guy that you yeah. pick up i think that may be an interesting story as boring as it is it's, a, it's, it's awesome a good to boring. be able to talk it's about yeah boring don't yeah. get me wrong i'm just saying but good problems but what about that that ro- the rotation I well I, you know I, we've got a we've got some high class problems there with the rotation. Yeah, Hopefully everybody stays healthy, but you know AJ will determine that as as the spring training sets up. But but you know a lot of it's probably penciled in. But I think that, you know the the four and five spots are are you know depending what order they go in are, are still there. And then you know we we still like to get you know uh, shore up our bullpen a little bit if the opportunity presents itself here in the next couple of weeks there's a lot of players out there that aren't signed but you know our our team's so deep that you know we we just need to uh, get everybody performing at a high level again no i think it's real interesting the fact that garrett cole could move into that four spot and the guy who closed out game seven of the world series charlie, charlie morton could be that number five but what that does also is it bumps, for me, it bumps Brad Peacock back into that bullpen where he did a phenomenal job to start out the season. Uh, but he also has the mentality of handling a bullpen and a starting role if necessary. And then Colin McHugh is an interesting case, too, because he might be one of those guys that gets pushed back into that bullpen and tries to create his own role. But it also goes to the fact that you guys have created so much depth. With acquiring a guy like Garrett Cole, you, you're still holding on to guys at this level who will create that depth. Because you know as, as well as I do and Kevin knows, watching these games and these seasons throughout the years, if somebody goes down, you got to have somebody that's able to step up and get in those situations, and those guys can definitely do it. We saw it last year. We saw it, I mean, we saw it from people that you didn't expect to see it from. Yeah. I mean, four guys are not going to make 32 starts in your rotation. It's just not going to happen, not in this day and age. And, and you got to have – my fire st- stepped up big when this team – people forget about that. We talked about down the stretch, but I agree with you. The middle part of the season, he, he was a huge part of that. If he's not where he was in, in July, and up in the, yeah, he, we all know what struggles he had, but – you know that mid-July through mid-August, and it, it's it's collective. It, it, you don't get yeah. to where you are. I, I understand everybody watches those, you know those those games in the playoffs, but you don't get there unless you're in a good situation. I'm not just talking about your record and where you are in the standings, but how few innings a certain starter maybe had worked so he can work a little bit longer in the playoffs. Whatever the case may be. No, I think AJ did a great job of blending all those guys together and, and plugging them play. One guys went down. We did have a lot of guys go down, and um, luckily we had the deck last year to, uh, you know, to hang in there and, and win the division. And then, you know, you look at Charlie. You know, Charlie came in as a, you know, as a little bit of a wild card on a two-year deal, and uh, some good incentives in there. And you know, I think they made some adjustments to his pitches and, and got him in a little different position. And you know, when he came here, he was throwing like 92, 93. And in a World Series, he was throwing 97. Yeah. So something went right there. <laughs> the, the whole World Series was amazing to me. And the, the ability of A.J. Hinch to make the adjustments throughout the course of the playoffs was remarkable to me because all of a sudden it turned into your everyday bullpen guys weren't there. He was using some of those starters to back up. Were, how did you feel about seeing some of these guys make that adjustment into the bullpen? Was there any concern or we just call A.J. a genius right out of the chute? Well, I mean, he's, he pulled all the right strings. I mean, when somebody's 
you know, pitching well and they're a starter and they can go a few more innings, I, I think, you know, you got to go ahead and let them ride. And, you know, Charlie rode us right right into the World Series. So um, it, it, was, it was classic uh, the way he handled that. You know, I don't know that it was predetermined, but it worked a few times. And same thing with McCullough, the one game. I think he yeah, threw, yeah. you know, 20 curveballs in a row. So. How does that make your arm feel when you hear that? It, 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 your elbow will hurt after a while. But, <laughs> Better but, it is than yours, right? But, um, no, I think A.J., you know, did a great job of managing the staff, and he gets all the credit. From a standpoint, you know, you think old school baseball, and so often the case is, is that, well, we do it that way because that's the way we do it, and that's, all, that's the way it's always been done. And, and he broke that mold, and, and that was something that's not easy to do in the playoffs. I understand you manage differently in the playoffs, but – for the, for the most part, there's a lot of guys that just do what they do because that's what we do. And he was able to, he, he, he was able to, to adapt to that. I thought that was a, a big feather in his cap in the playoffs. Well, I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, n- nothing against the Dodgers, but, you know, the game that Wood was pitching, mm-hmm. he was really gliding. Yep. And I completely third, agree. third time around in the lineup, they pulled him, and then we got to him. I mean, that was probably called from the bench, not, not the manager, but from up top. Um, because, you know, I don't think A.J. would have made that move. No, I agree with you. I think it's you've got to be a little more pliable with your routine in the playoffs because you've got to ride, like you said it earlier, you've got to ride that guy that's pitching well. And Wood was going well, but that second, third time through the lineup is where some of the analytics start to trend towards the uh, opposition, and they opted to go into their bullpen, and it, they paid the price for it. You don't have a phone from your booth? To, you know, I, know you, I, know you I know you don't sit in the suite. Like, you know, the, like, can you believe the joy? I mean, think about the days of, of George Steinbrenner when he would literally pick up his phone in, in his suite and, and Billy Martin would be answering the phone in the dugout. There's a phone in my suite up there, but I've, I've never used it for that purpose. But, uh, no, I think, uh, you know, like I said earlier, once A.J. goes over all the information for the game and he's very in-depth, um, and then, you know, Jeff sits in there with his team and they, they, they talk about what they're going to do that game or what the tendencies are and, go through a lot of the data once the game starts aj's in charge and if he's got a gut call he'll make a gut call he'll also look at all the information so he blends it very well and i think you've seen the results have been good it has been very good and you are listening to astro line presented by carbock brewing company we will be back for one final segment with our guest jim crane owner of the astros after this on the houston astros radio network uh, right now, I'm happy to report that we have a very healthy group coming into camp, and we know we're going to be challenged. There's going to be periods of time where the team struggles and individuals struggle, but we have a tremendous coaching staff, and it's pretty rare that you turn over as many people as we did on our coaching staff for a World Series champion, uh, but the new additions that we have coming in are outstanding coaches with great experience and the folks that left all left for great promotions elsewhere and that happens when you're having success so we're happy for them we're happy for the people we were able to bring in and aj is going to do a tremendous job of getting the new staff pulled together during spring training and i don't think we're going to skip a beat Spring training has begun, and we welcome you back to Astro Line as we come to you from Plucker's Wing Bar here at 1400 Shepherd in Houston for the final time this season. This is your hot stove home for Astros talk, and it's been the shortest offseason in Astros history. That just hit me as the Astros, good of course, a, a chance to be able to say world defending world champions for the first time and it won't be too long before they're able to, to get to work in that uh, already pitchers and catchers have reported at spring training and now it is uh, 
Full squad workouts will be right around the corner. And next thing you know, Blummer, you're doing TV games from spring yeah. training. It's going to happen real quick. I didn't realize, you know, it's it's already the 15th, and these guys are going to be playing games on the 23rd. So a week and a day, we're going to be uh, broadcasting that first game from uh, the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. It should be an interesting time. There's plenty of good non-roster guys out there. Anthony Ghost, we, we talked about him earlier. He's going to be fun to watch. The outfielder converted to uh, left-handed pitcher out of that bullpen, maybe a possibility. He is pretty confident in himself, which I kind of enjoy, but he's got one of the craziest accents I've ever heard for a guy from Bellflower, California. <laughs> Sounds like Forrest Gump. <laughs> but uh, it should be an interesting time to go down there and get to see the boys again. These guys, it's a different era in the sense that, yes, the off season is a little bit shorter, but these guys have so much more of an ability to go out there and stay in shape, get in shape. So they've got the right program. And Jim talked about AJ's going to have these guys on a program also, not maybe force them into games too much too early. There's plenty of young talent the Astros have to showcase in those first eight games. But the only thing that may have hampered some of these guys, it may not have been able to maintain their handicaps to go out there and play at the Floridian. Are there any other owners that can say they own a, a, a top-rated golf course resort and have a world championship trophy to, to show at it? Um, there may be one. I don't know, one or two. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a they small haven't, They haven't group. invited me to the club yeah. yet. So <laughs> it doesn't take long to, count, to call roll, right? Yeah. Hey, how do you uh, – we're visiting with Jim Crane, owner of the Houston Astros, nice enough to join us here on Astro Line. Uh, he's heading down tomorrow to Florida for a chance to, to visit with the troops. But uh, how – when you think about human nature to, to settle, I get a different sense for these guys. They're younger. uh hungrier whatever the case may be and i think it really kind of showed by how many guys were in florida before they really needed to be yeah i think you know nowadays you know these guys really work out all year long but but um i think you know they they like to work out together they like to push each other and they like the camaraderie to be around each other so i think that really helps when when you've got that kind of chemistry going on into the season and you know, you know, we don't have any wild cards in a locker room. They're all the hard workers. Do, do, do you? Uh, can you use? And I know this is not your department, but I'm just just want your opinion. Uh, the Cubs start to 2017 is, is is kind of a reference point to to look back at. And I know Blummer, you went through it. You won a World Series, uh, but do you think that that's something that that they will talk about? Yeah, I, I think AJ will get them prepared. Um, you know, it's a perfect example that we don't want want that to happen to us. They got off to a slow start and struggled most of the year. I still got a good ball club, but um, no, I think he'll work hard on them to keep them out of that mode and, and keep them focused and get off to a hot start. I mean, you get off to a hot start, it takes a lot of pressure off everybody. What is the hardest part about being an owner of a baseball team? Well, it takes a little more time than I thought. I mean, it's it's <laughs> a, it's a little more encompassing. I get in there, and then you know you get in early with, with other things to do, and and you know next thing you know you start hearing batting practice and. You know, you think you're going to stay a couple innings, and it's 11th inning or an extra inning game, and you get home at 12 o'clock. So it's, it does take some time. Um, it's amazing to see how hard the guys work. I mean, most of them get to the ballpark at 1 or 2 o'clock. They don't get home to midnight if, you know, if that's soon. Um, so it's a long day. These guys put in a lot of time. And even, you know, from when you travel, you usually on your off day, you're traveling. So yeah. they really don't get a lot of day, clear days off at home, maybe a handful during the season. So it's a tough schedule on the guys, and they, they really work hard. Taking the world championship out of it, what is the most enjoyable part about being an owner of a baseball team? Well, winning was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, you know, we got a lot of people snickering at us for at the owners' meetings for a while. So now that now that you know, you know, what's interesting, Jeff mentioned it earlier in that that brief cut that 
you know, the people are trying to hire our people. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. We, we've lost some, some decent guys. We protect, you know, some of our better ones. But, uh, you know, he's built a heck of a staff. Everybody's trying to figure out how we did that. So, uh, you know, that that's if you, if you give somebody a promotion, you're allowed to to hire him away. Um, that's kind of the rule in baseball. So we, we'll have to protect some of our better people. Broad scope, when you think about the game, a game that we all love, it, Last time I checked, uh, tension spans weren't getting any. Uh, they weren't getting any longer. They were getting shorter. What do you see for the future of the game? And what does the what does the future? What what does it hold? And, and what does baseball need to do to to make sure that younger generation stays interested in the game? Well, you, you've seen a big campaign of play ball. You know, Major League Baseball realizes we need to get more kids playing here in town. We've renovated 21 city parks, and we got. 2,200 kids playing that really never played before. So you got to get them interested in the game early. I think with football, with the head injuries, that's going to push some more kids into baseball because a lot I of people don't, agree. Th- don't want their kids playing, banging up their head. Uh, and you know now they're really getting an idea of what the results are. They'll have to change the rules. So I think baseball's strong. I, I think uh, you know we need to speed up the game. The game's gotten too long. So they'll, they're going to do some things this year. I think with the clock and with the mound visits and the you know, coming in and out. Um, you know, they've already done away with the four pitches for an intentional walk. And so we've got to get the games a little quicker. They're long, They're too long. And, uh, you know, they've stretched longer and longer and longer. And a lot of it has to do with changing pitchers and a different style and the analytics. But uh, I think uh, the players and and, and the uh, owners can work together to try to trim that up. And it's for it's the benefit of the fans. It's not It's not about the owners. It's not about the players. we got to take care of the people that are coming to the game and have to sit there for three hours because not most people have three hours. If no, you, I agree. And baseball's in a very good spot, so I agree with you in that sense. If you could make a rule change, what would it be? I mean, I just... Well, when, you know, they've, they've got tons of guys studying it. I mean, no, I mean you, you know, come on, the, just, the, just... The, the, um, <laughs> you know, just the guys getting to the plate and... The, pitcher staying on the mound and the guy they all get out and readjust and and get in and out and in and out and it just takes a lot of time you know and the player the pitcher is ready to throw guy gets in a box he gets set let's go and, and then stay in the box i think they're going to work on keeping the you know you saw last year i think where the guy had to keep one leg in the box i think that does speed it up but you know you just it, you know these guys are so good they can adapt to any rule that you give them and you know they're it's not going to affect the way they hit or the way they pitch you just got to be set and ready to go well these guys respect the game too and, and having been a player it was pretty enjoyable getting a paycheck playing the game of baseball <laughs> so these guys if they know if they if they want to continue to get that check they're going to make the adjustments i think for me personally like you said about the hitter keeping that one foot in the box i think a lot of it's going to be put on the umpires this season yeah. to be a little more forceful and, and having them engage in those rules, or they're going to suffer the consequences like having a strike called on them. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, again, it's it's for the good of baseball, speed the game up, fans more interested, shorter periods of time, people people's time spans are, are not going that long, and so I, I think we need to make the adjustment for the good of the game and, and for the fans. You talked about earlier winning the championship, and you had a tendency to kind of be on the fringe of some of those celebrations in the clubhouse. Did any of that have to do with Josh Reddick's uniform during those celebrations? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that a lot was of a, it between he and Steve he, Sparks. He, he had Sparky wasn't afraid of that. Reddick had some good exposure. I probably the <laughs> speedo sales went up in Houston. I guess I don't know. <laughs> they absolutely did. You got a great group of guys. It's a great ball club. I know that you're excited to get down there. This is our last show here in Houston before we head down. 
do you have any closing thoughts? Nah, just, I mean, Jim Crane, thank you so much. Really, it was, it was a it pleasure. Was great to hang out with yeah, you for this gr- long. It was great awesome, talking man. with you. Nice to have a conversation rather than a Q&A, but uh, we really enjoy it. No, it's fun, guys. You guys do a great job. We're looking forward to a big year. We'll see you down in Florida. Bring your golf clubs. March 1st, next time we will have another Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing. That'll be coming your way from West Palm Beach. So how about that? It'll be time for spring training baseball right around the corner. Jeff Blum, wrap it up, buddy. I tell you what, Sparky better watch out, man. We've done a pretty good job here, and I appreciate the opportunity to sit in this seat. It's been nice and warm, and we'll see you guys down in spring. Listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Astroline, here your world champion Houston Astros go for the repeat on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.